Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast for the foreign policy and global development communities and anyone who wants a deeper understanding of what is driving events in the world today. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. Enjoy the show. Just before the start of the new year, Somalia's President Mohamed Abdullahi Farmaju sought to sideline Somalia's Prime Minister Mohamed Hussein Robel. The President accused the Prime Minister of corruption and unsuccessfully sent soldiers to arrest him. The move was widely condemned by Somalia's international partners, including the United States. At the heart of this power struggle is a constitutional and electoral crisis. Somalia holds indirect elections in which regional and clan leaders select members of parliament who, in turn, select the president. Somalia was to have held elections by now, but these elections are far from completed. Meanwhile, President Farmaju has remained in office, even though his term expired last year. On the line to help explain this unfolding political crisis in Somalia is journalist Sakaria Sisman. I caught up with him from Mogadishu about one week after the president sought to oust the prime minister. In our conversation, Sakaria Sisman explains the roots of this crisis and how it is impacting the Somali government's effort to combat an insurgency by Al-Shabaab, an Al-Qaeda-linked group that controls much of the Somali countryside. As with many recent episodes, we recorded our conversation using Twitter Spaces, and my podcast has partnered with Twitter to produce episodes using this new platform. To be alerted of when I am recording one of these live sessions, please just follow me on Twitter at Mark L. Goldberg. And today's episode is being produced in part through the support of the Carnegie Corporation of New York as part of a series of episodes showcasing African voices on peace and security issues in Africa. And I'll have more exciting news to announce in the coming few weeks. I wish everyone a safe and pleasant 2022. And here is my conversation with Sakaria Sisman, a journalist and political analyst in Mogadishu. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. I think to understand uh, the current um, stalemate, it's very important that we discuss the genesis of, of the current um, crisis, because the current crisis is very different from the general crisis Somalia always has politically. And the current one is about um, the indirect elections Somalia uses now. Indirect elections, unlike direct elections, the traditional one, is a, is a system in which um, traditional elders are basically given the power to form the next 
um, government because they are tasked to um, select the electoral delegates that would form the next parliament and that parliament will then um, elect the next uh, president. And because of the you know um, simplicity of the system, critics deem it to be very prone to manipulation. And, and it always, they say, it favours the, the incumbent, which is mm. exactly what just happened. Because before this um, standoff, the, the president was actually winning, meaning he was picking up seats um, for his supporters and his mm. followers in every state. And he was doing OK until, you know, an allegations of electoral malpractice um, picked up his team. And that mm. sort of forced the, the the prime minister to intervene. And what he did was he suspended some members of the indirect electoral committee and some members of another committee, which is the dispute resolution committee, and which people you know believed you know were full of you know the the, the president's supporters because he formed mm. these committees. And because of that, the president didn't actually like that, and and he tried mm. to do um sort of you know put stop to it. And that is when he. Um, sort of suspended the the prime minister by removing some of his powers. Powers he was mm. given to him. Yeah, well, you're saying at the root of this this kind of current political crisis is the structure of Somalia's sort of nascent democracy, which uses like this kind of complex indirect system in which clan elders and regional leaders um, nominate members of parliament who then vote on you know who's prime minister, who's president. Yeah, that's right. Because you know, mm. if you can control the, the indirect elections, that means you can you can um, sort of um, put together um, you know a huge chunk of, of the next parliament, which will then vote for the president. So that is you know what we believe is happening now because the president is losing ground, and 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 the, and, and the regional presidents are also trying to sort of support the the, the president, but then. You know, when when the prime minister intervened, all that is stopped, and that is why the president took action. Mm, okay, and and to be clear, the president Famaju, he his term expired like almost a year ago, right? Yeah, that's right. It expired in February of twenty twenty one. But because there was no any electoral system in place, he had to stay. He also tried, you know, uh, you know, if you know, if you can remember, in April we had armed clashes because of because the president tried to add two more years to his term, which was you know rejected by all these stakeholders. And then he, you know, and because of that dispute in April, he had to, um, you know, delegate most of his powers to the to the prime minister, which are the powers he's now trying to take back. Ah, uh, okay. So you have like kind of competing power centers, it seemed. But at the moment, the prime minister who the president sought to sideline seems to be sort of more powerful. Is is, is that like an accurate um, representation of the current situation? Uh, yes, because, um, you know, uh, the prime minister has the support of the international community. He has the support of most of the, you know, opposition groups. And also he's now getting the support of the president's allies, some regional presidents are now, you know, attending the the president's, um, com- sorry, the prime minister's conference, uh, which actually commenced today. So the president, for all intent and purposes, is now isolated figure. Okay. And, and he is isolated, yet he's still clinging to power. Look, I, I was noticed with interest the statement by the Bureau of um, 
African affairs at the State Department, you know, essentially very deeply condemning uh, President Farmaju's attempt to sideline the prime minister. Like, what has been, in general, the international reaction to the events of last week? Well, this was actually very um, interesting because um, the language they used is, was very di- was very different from you know the, the diplomatic language that they used to use before. This time, they told him point blank that he should abide by the the rules of the elections that we all agreed upon, and that he should stop intervening with the elections. And 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 that is why I think some of his supporters are now switching sides and supporting the the prime minister who is now in charge of the elections. And also, you know, the, this prime minister has the benefit of time because he is now um, a prime minister during an election time, during when the president's term ended. So he cannot really, he cannot be replaced. And there's not also an, a parliament that can replace uh, the prime minister. So, you know, the prime minister is, is powerful because of these re- reasons now. And, and like, who, you know, for lack of a better word, like controls like the guns in, in, in Mogadishu, like the president or the prime minister? Because I saw reports of their, you know, armed the potential of armed clashes being very real last week as the president sought to depose the prime minister. Like who has control of, of like the bulk of the armed forces at this point? Well, actually, you know, the president is the, is the commander in chief. He has the power. Uh, you know, he, he, he is the commander of, of the armed forces of, of Somalia. But um, you know, what happened in April that is different now is that he was actually using the 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 Somali army to conduct his businesses, but now the what, what happened is that the the commander of the police and the and the army chief both um said that they will not be intervening in, in political matters and and they will not be taking place any any or, or, or taking any sides. So the, the president is also isolated in in that regard, which is which is very new because he had. You know the control of these, you know, all, all the security apparatus of the country until now. So, I mean, so you said this a few times, but it seems that President Farmaju is, you know, isolated by the international community for one, by the Somali political elites as well, and by the military. So, there's not much of a political future for him, it seems, right? I mean, I don't know what is going to happen in, in the future. You know, we cannot really predict, but what we know is that. Um, if if because we have a conference going on at the moment which started today, if that if and, and the, you know and the reason for this conference actually is to sort of hold a fair and free elections. If that happens and then you know he doesn't pick up good seats, you know enough seats to win him the election, then of course he won't be coming back. But we don't know what is going to happen in the future. But what we know is that no president was ever elected in 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 Somalia. So you know this could be the end. Of him, but we cannot really say that for for certain. And these elections, if I'm understanding correctly, are currently ongoing. Like this, it's a whole process, right? Because you have like the indirect aspect of the election, of the nomination of the parliamentary, the members of parliament, the members of parliament need to vote on the government. Um, where are we in this process? Because it was supposed to start. It was supposed to have been completed, I think, on December 24th. But it seems we're, we're nowhere close to that, right? Yeah, uh, no, that's right. I mean, it started, um, the election started, I think, around mid last year. 
and around December or September last year. And what happened was we, we now have the upper house of the parliament in place and we're now electing the lower house of the parliament. And when that concludes, then those two will elect the next president. So I don't know how that will, um, you know, when, how long that would take because, you know, unlike, you know, you know, previous, um, ele- electoral cycles, this time around, we sort of electing you know, a couple of seats at a time, which is sort of dragging on, you know, the whole process. So we now have some something like a three percent of of the parliament formed, and 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 this could take in a while. It it could take until March, it seems. But if but it can also take very, you know, it, it can also finish very quickly because it just takes, you know, very um, little time. If we're really being um, honest, they can sit down one day and they can elect all the all the members of parliament and then they can elect the president. But I don't know why it's taking so long. Uh, but it seems, you know, until new parliament is, is seated through this indirect process, until a new government is formed, we have this sort of we're in this like electoral and almost constitutional limbo uh, and sort of layered on top of this. And, and the um, messaging that's coming at least from the United States and I'm seeing is that, you know, you guys, you use Somali government elites, you need to get your act together because you have a more pressing concern, which is the ongoing insurgency by, by Al-Shabaab. How has um, armed insurgents against gov- the government sort of, have they seized this this sort of moment in, in any meaningful way? Have they stepped up attacks? What's like the state of play of, of the insurgency? Well, fortunately, we're not seeing any uptick of of actions by 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 Al Shabaab or any other group. But what we're seeing is that you know, like what happens in every election you know election cycle, we see them sort of um, take some actions that they, they've never before. They're now taking some. Um, like um, they're taking over some um, cities in in in, in the southern um, parts of the country, uh, but I don't know if that is because of the elections or that is something that used to happen before. But what we know is that, and I said before, um, what we have now is not just the electoral crisis we have now; it's a constitutional crisis that Somalia has because in this country we do not have um, constitutional courts that can settle disputes between um, top leaders, and we we know the president. Can can appoint the prime minister, but he cannot remove him from power. Only the parliament can do that. So what happens every time is that when when a prime minister is appointed, it it sort of emboldens him to do whatever he wants to do because he is not, you know, he, you know, because the president cannot sack him. And and I think the next government, what you know, it should be their priority to sort of finalize the provisional constitution we have now and, and, and they should sort of try to set up um, independent um, judiciary that can sort of perform all these you know, tasks that we really need very badly. I, I, I do want to um, get back to the Al-Shabaab question, but I, I do want to also follow the thread that you just opened up about you know, Somalia's really kind of weak political and judicial institutions are obviously not helping this, this sort of power struggle we're seeing right now between the president and the prime minister. Um, like on top of that, is there any sense or any prospect that the next government, if and when it's formed, will seek to reform the electoral system to a more straightforward, you know, one person, one vote system? Is that a possibility? It is a possibility, but we actually don't know what is going to happen because, you know, when, when President from Oh. Sort of, um, and 
to hold one person, one vote elections. And that did not happen because of, you know, in preparation, preparational challenges. And we don't know what is going to happen in, in the future, but we, we certainly hope that the next um, president and parliament and, and, and administration will, will do whatever it takes to sort of um, take the country um, to uh, one person, one vote. Because, you know, what we have now, is you know a, a constitutional crisis after constitutional crisis, electoral crisis after electoral crisis, and if you don't fix that, that is going to repeat itself. Um, going back to the the security situation in Somalia right now, can you sort of paint the landscape for us in terms of you know areas controlled by Al Shabaab and other insurgent groups versus areas under more or less government control? Um, what does what does the security situation look like right now? Well, in general, if if you look at, at the Somali map, uh, what you see is that the, the 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 government and the regional administrations always sort of control and uh, the the big cities and all the rural areas and all the um, small towns are sort of indirectly run by Al Shabaab because they cannot really um, do it openly. But also, what we know is that Al Shabaab sort of um, collects tasks and tax and in, in in Mogadishu, you know, Mogadishu um, businesses, which is very well known. Uh, so they're sort of you can call it a parallel government because you know if they can collect tax in Mogadishu, then you know they're sort of competing with the with the with, with the government. But there's no any sort of apart from a few towns, there are no any towns that they sort of control properly and openly. I mean, but so it's obviously, you know, they're, as you said, they're seeking kind of parallel, almost governing structures, even in Mogadishu. I think it's just a testament to how weak the, the government is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we just, we, we know that, but we don't know, you know, when the, I mean, we see critics always talk about or sort of point out the fact that any administration that comes to power in Somalia never tries, you know, very hard to sort of root out al-Shabaab. They never try that. It's, you know, whenever they come to power, any administration, the first thing they do is try to come back to power. And and they sort of spend the whole four years trying to sort of, you know, um, manipulate the elections or sort of create alliances in the in in you know in, in the in the regional state. When President Farmaji came to power, the first thing he did was he got rid of all the um, regional president that he didn't like that, that that were not supporting him, and he sort of um, instilled all these sort of um, presidents that support him now. And that is, you know, what uh, most of the of the presidents, you know, sort of try when they come to power. But, you know, this is going to be, I think, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it could be very different, you know, in the future because we now seen, you know, what can happen. What happened in April was very dangerous uh, situation where people, you know, sort of flee their homes for the first time since the 90s or sort of in, in, in the 2007 when, when the Ethiopian um you know, troops came in, in in Mogadishu. So you know, I think you know, if if we if we have to learn a lesson from from the current situation, it has to be that that we should try not to repeat all these problems in the future and try to sort of um, do everything you know we can to sort of get rid of the 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 challenges and and the fear of 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 of, of Al Shabaab because they now sort of. Um, 
really run the the the, the city, you know, and every business sort of pays taxes to them, and, and, and no one can can say no because you know the, the the government is not powerful enough to protect this the citizens of of the city. So you know that is the situation we're in but i don't know if, if that can be improved it just it, it all depends on the next administration and what kind of president that next administration will, will have uh, so you mentioned this earlier that um the prime minister is convening a group of what is it of, of potential candidates right now to figure out a, a way forward can you explain what this what this council is or what's what's happening no, no uh, it's, it's not um it, they're not candidates. What we now have is, is a conference and it's attended, it's chaired by the prime minister and all the attendees are the regional presidents. The regional presidents are sort of the the leaders of, of, the, of the, all five um, regional states of Somalia, and in, including um, the the governor of, of, of Benadir, which is Mogadishu. And and they sort of are the, the, the people who will be running the, the elections directly because you know all the elections are taking place in their cities and their states. So if if they agree upon a proper you know fair and, and open elections, then that could solve a lot of problems. But we don't know what was going to happen in, in the future because we've seen them. You know we saw them gather and 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 how you know and sort of you know talk and 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 attend these sort of conferences. But but you know it always ended. Um, um, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a bad way because they, they always went back to their um, states and they always did what they did, which is, you know, sort of support the president and some of them will support the prime minister. So it's just, we actually don't know. But you said earlier that even some of the president's former supporters among the regional leaders uh, have sort of started to abandon him amidst this recent kind of power play between the president and prime minister. Yeah, yeah that's right. Right, but what what we don't know is that why that is because what we've seen is that you know the international partners who are the supporters of the of the Somali government you know they are the biggest donors like the UK and the and the US and the European Union are now sort of you know pressuring the the some of and of President Formaggio's supporters to sort of attend the conference. So I don't know if that. Is they, you know, sort of switched allegiance um, altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, in the coming, you know, weeks or, or days, like what will you be, aside from, from the outcome of this conference, um, what will you be looking towards that will suggest to you how this sort of current political crisis will unfold? I mean, are there that any, would just like, be elections. Events you know, we have or, to hold... Yeah. No, no. I mean, I think, you know, to move forward, we have to hold elections. And if, if those elections are sort of and commence in a, in, in a timely manner from, from, from now on, I think, you know, what is going to happen next is that we're going to have a full parliament and then we can elect a new president. But as, as I said before, we don't know how long that would take. You know, I mean, I think this um, conference is a good indicator that we will see um, how things will go. You know, because it's, you know it's, it it convened today and it looks um, good and up till and until now. So, but we don't know if they will agree upon you know a system in which we can hold you know proper you know open elections. So we have to see what happens in this conference. Uh, I guess, and, and lastly, what can, say, the United States and other key players in the international community do to better 
ensure that these elections actually, you know, happened? Uh, are there any steps that the international community could be better taking um, to ensure, you know, uh, elections <clears throat> proceed? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the international partners should try better, actually, because, you know, and up, till, up till now, and we're not seeing them trying to sort of um, play their traditional roles in which they used to sort of attend, you know, the elections to sort of oversee the elections. They, they're now in Mogadishu. I don't know why that is this time around, but they should do better and they should sort of pressure all these spoilers to sort of stop and, and, and sort of follow the rules. Because actually, you know, they have the power when we talk about Somalia. Somalia is under um, the control of, of, of the United Nations. That is, that, is the, that, is, that is the truth. And if they try to sort of use that power to sort of pressure all spoilers to stop and, and, and follow the rules, then things will be better. But if they, if they try to sort of use, you know, a diplomatic language and sort of, you know, I, th- I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think things will improve. And it's interesting, as you said earlier, that in that sort of tweet, that statement from the State Department of the United States, they did not use like so unquote diplomatic language. They're very direct in their condemnation of Farmaju's attempt to sideline the prime minister, which is sort of an interesting indication, I think, of where things stand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was very promising, actually, because that caused, you know, for this conference to take place now, that caused for these um, um, and, uh, regionalists and the presidents to sort of um, now come to the conference and, 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 and take part in, in, in the conference. So I think, you know, from, you know, moving forward, international partners should use that sort of language to sort of, you know, tell off all these spoilers because we cannot take it, you know, and, or any more bloodshed or any more, you know, fleeing from, 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 from homes and, 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 and things like that. So, yeah, I hope things will change and, and will be and will change and for the better. Uh, well, Sakaria, thank you so much for your time. I'll post a link uh, to your Washington Post article on the Global Dispatches podcast uh, homepage. Thank you so much. Mark, thank you. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Sakaria Sisman for participating in this conversation from Mogadishu. And a disclaimer that the views and opinions expressed in this conversation belong solely to those of us who expressed them. And again, if you'd like to participate in a live taping of the podcast and have the opportunity to share your thoughts with the audience who is listening to these conversations as they're being taped live on Twitter spaces, simply follow me at Mark L. Goldberg on Twitter. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. And again, uh, have a pleasant and safe new year. Bye, everyone.